Well, hello, this is Pastors on Pop. I'm Matt. I'm here with uh, my co-host, James. And today we're talking Juice World and the music our kids listen to. Well, James, it's good to be with you again. Woo! When we are, uh, I think this is fourth podcast where we're talking about music, if, if I'm counting right. I think so. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about uh, the music our kids listen to and how do we handle that as parents. That's like one of the big questions that comes um, to us as pastors. And so before we get to that, uh, maybe just like let's dive into our own childhood. Yeah. Um, uh, we kind of grew up in a little bit different eras where we're about 10 years apart from each other. So when you were a kid growing up, like what was the music that you that you listened to? Yeah, so I uh, lived in this uh, trifecta of classic rock from my older brother and then all the new wave music from, from the 80s, like Depeche Mode and The Cure and then mm. the cool heavy metal, like not, not the L.A. sleazy stuff, but yeah. like Iron Maiden and like early metallic and all of that. <laughs> right. So kind of bipolar in my 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 influences, but yes. I, I I lived in that 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 triangle. Yeah, that's funny. So <laughs> when I was when I was growing up, so you know, I kind of came into like a teenager during the 90s and yet I was kind of this weird eclectic kid. So when I was um, you know, uh the f- <laughs> this is almost embarrassing. I don't know if I should <laughs> say it. Uh, the first CD I ever bought and CDs were like the things when I became kids, when, or when I became a teenager, was MC Scat Cat uh, singing with Paula Abdul. Yes. Do you remember this? Yes. So it was like this animated cat that yes. kind of rapped, and Paula Abdul would add female vocals. Did and so, he have an album? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I had it. So my mom probably still has it in the attic somewhere. So yeah, MC Scat Cat and Paula Abdul. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I loved like the Tom. Uh, the Top Gun soundtrack, yeah. like that was huge for me. Um, I loved the Beatles and also Metallica, like still to this day, like the Metallica <laughs> SNM video, uh, SM uh, album is like one of my favorites uh, in it. And so, yeah, I had this kind of um, weird thing. And then the most popular artist with Kurt Cobain, like I listened to the music, but it wasn't one that like, it wasn't like I never bought any of his albums yeah. or anything like that. So, yeah. Um, but, anyways, that was kind of. Uh, you know, the way that I that I grew up. In fact, um, when I came here uh, in the early 2000s, I was a resident at Crossroads. Yeah. And next, right next to my office when I was a resident was um, the worship guy. His name was Billy Cameron. And I had this little CD player in my office, and I would play music. And when I was wrapping it all up, we were going around, and the staff was encouraging me. And Billy looks at me, and he goes, you have the most eclectic musical <laughs> ear I've ever heard. He goes, some days I would walk in, and it would be like the grunge of Metallica. And then the next day I'd walk in, and you would be listening to Bach. Like, you know, like just feeling the... Filling the the sound, the world with sound, right? So, uh, when it comes to uh, today's youth and what they're listening to, uh, one of the most popular artists out there is Juice World. I don't know if your kids ever got into Juice World. No, but I you you uh, mentioned him. So I I uh, typically watch watch videos after Lollapalooza yeah. or Coachella and just and just watch snippets from all the artists. Just just because I know I'm older and I'm kind of. Mm-hmm. I prefer what I prefer, yeah. But but I want to stay on the edge of what's out there and and what people listen to. But but a juice a juice world hasn't been on on that platform yet. Yeah. So it was interesting checking him out. Yeah, and yet on his YouTube videos, he has millions of hit, and on yeah. Spotify, hundreds and hundreds of millions. Yeah. 
um, if not billions, of listens uh, on his songs. And one of his most popular songs is uh, Lucid Dreams. And so um, in getting ready for this, uh, we actually sat down and listened to Lucid Dreams. And so um, I thought your take was pretty good. So share your share your thoughts on on the song. So so when I... When I uh, first uh, started listening to it, I, I noticed the guitar part in the background is Shape of My Heart by Sting, which yeah. it kind of shows my age, right? <laughs> like, please, Sting. But so when, you, he, when, you, when you shot me that, I was like, Sting who? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but, so, but, but it, it, was, it was based on something that, uh, that was beautifully m- m- melodic, but the audience that was listening to it literally would, be, would wonder who's Sting. Yeah. This, you know, probably 65-year-old English dude. Yeah, right. Right, and which has nothing to do with anything Juice World was doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then when you listen to, like, the lyrics of the song, um, really it sounds like a relationship that's gone bad that was probably his fault, but he's yeah, not really taken blame for it maybe, yeah. right? Like, yeah. yeah, totally, totally for emo world <laughs> uh, in that. And so, and yet at the same time, like... Uh, it is a hugely popular song, yeah. even you know today, four years after his death. Um, it's a hugely popular song that you know much of the middle school crowd. Juice World's a Juice World's a pretty big deal. In fact, uh, my son just a couple of weeks ago uh, supported the foundation that started after his death, and they're sending him a Juice World T-shirt. Wow! My wife and I we had some conversation of whether we should <laughs> let him do it or not, but um, you know it was a free T-shirt if he donated thirteen dollars <laughs> to the to the organization. Seems like a bit of an exchange. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so he's getting his Juice World t-shirt and all of this. And you know, I think part of you know Juice World's uh ascension, although he was popular before, is really his death. And it's a pretty tragic death, you know, where um if you don't know the story, uh popular artist, he's on his private jet. Law enforcement in Los Angeles gets word that there's guns and drugs on the jet. So they're waiting for him. When they land the plane, they jump on, they find him totally passed out. His manager says he stuffed some drugs, you know, down his throat that they didn't have any idea of what it was. And because of those drugs, he went into convulsion seizures, wow. never woke up and died. And um, you know, they ended up finding seventy pounds of uh marijuana on that flight. And, you know, he had a history of drug abuse and also probably um, self-medicating for the anxiety and depression issues that he had in life. And so there's probably a part of his tragic death, like Cobain, that sure. that elevated his music uh, in that. But there is something within his uh, lyrics that is resonating with, with youth culture today. Yeah. Hey, my name is Matt Manning, and I am the senior pastor here at Crossroads Church, and hopefully you are loving what you're listening to today. If you are, we would love for you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. You can leave us a comment. We read all of them. And if you like it, we'd love for you to share this with a friend. Every week we get together as a church to celebrate what God is doing, and you can join us every Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 online or in-house. Let's get back to the podcast. And I think that... Um, you know, as we talk about this and, and really, you know, transition from Juice World um, to really the bigger conversation is, you know, oftentimes I think as parents, we don't know what to think about the music that our kids is listening to, are listening to, right? And, um, you know, as, as Christians, maybe if you're a Christian listening to the podcast today, uh, like our tendency is to want to like, you know, uh, listen to Hillsong and Tomlin and, you know, yeah, the, the yeah. worship leaders 
uh, and songs that are written by uh, great worship people like to fill our kids' souls with that, which is good. And yet at the same time, all of our kids live in the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, secular music isn't necessarily bad music. Uh, like we just admitted, I'm a Metallica yeah. fan. You listen to Foo Fighter, and you know, um, and yet at the and yet at the same time, there is concern as parents when it comes to the music that our kids are listening to and how we engage that. And you know, in the years of you and I um, hanging out together, uh, what I've seen from you is a pretty innovative and engaging way. Uh, that you've come along your kids with music. And I just thought today would be pretty cool just to hear from a dad yeah, uh, how you've engaged your kids when it comes to music. And so um, uh, maybe if you could just share a little bit um, about your kids and then what was some of the music that they listened to, and then I'll make up some questions. Yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah, so my, my uh, kids uh, today, uh, my uh, daughter's 20 and my son will be 18 in July. Yeah. Um, so... But yeah, uh, growing up, I mean, early on, um, I remember I, I bought them the the little cheap MP, MP3 player that yeah. I I think it loaded like forty songs at the time. <laughs> was it the iPod or was it the Microsoft? No, Zoom? like yeah, like a like a Panasonic thing because <laughs> okay. I because I knew it it'd be in a bathtub and, right. and be destroyed right. at yeah. some point. So, but I loaded it with what I thought was safe and good. So okay. it was U2, Johnny Cash, and like four worship songs. <laughs> Probably more more U2 and Johnny Cash yeah. in all transparency. Yes. So uh, are your kids fans of Johnny Cash today? Still? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're yeah. going to be a fan of someone, that's well, a yeah. good one. But, but I, I definitely learned uh, over the years that, 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 that my ability to, to groom some of that would, would – was diminishing that yeah. all of a sudden, you know, for for my daughter, Fallout Boy, and then as she and I started listening to one of our favorite uh, bands is My My Chemical Romance. Okay, um, and they're they're a pretty dark emo band. Yeah, but I started listening to them, them and I didn't tell her because I I, I didn't want to influence it, but yeah. I liked their music. Okay, and then she was like a total My Chemical Romance fan, and then we like in later years we we actually came together. Matter of fact, we're gonna go see them in September together, which okay. is kind of fun. But but even even all the various influences from peers and and just from culture, um, just realizing that I I couldn't I couldn't stay that away. Yeah. So uh, for me and as a, a lover of music, I I wanted to understand what the attraction was. And yeah. again, kind of kind of with a, a musical background, like I'm aware that oftentimes music um, part of our attraction sometimes it's the lyrics. Yep. Sometimes it's the the sound. And it's the textures, and it's kind of just what they create. I mean, Pink Floyd or uh, The Cure in the 80s or, like, Metallica, right? It's just, like, there's something about the Metallica drums and guitars that it just – it just it either captures you or it doesn't. <laughs> and, like, for you and <laughs> I, it's like, there, yeah, there it is, right? Yep. And we love it. Um, but so, so there, there's lyrics, there, there's sound and texture, and then there's the culture that the music um, comes from. Yeah. And even if it's an artificial culture, right? Like, um, but but there's a way that people can identify with it. So, like, I think of in the '90s and and like with with the whole Seattle grunge thing with yeah. Nirvana and Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. So much of that was was the culture. Mm -hmm. It was the it was the attitude. Yeah. And the music was an extension of that. Does right. it make sense? Yeah, yeah. It was the whole culture of like you know, 
uh, we don't really care about you. Yeah. Like, we're going to do our own thing, make our own way in this world. And, um, you know, the grunge that came along, came along with that. And so, um, when they, when your when your kids were in those formative teen years, right. And, uh, you as a dad, like, I think like one of the scariest things as parents is when we he realized that we're not in control anymore. Yeah. You know, when our kid is like nine, we can still pick him up and throw him in bed. You know, <laughs> when they're 14, it's a little harder. And uh, and all of a sudden, the peers and the friend groups all of us start having um, opinions into lives that are, that are important to them, um, maybe as they should be. And as their musical tastes begin to uh, kind of coalesce in their lives, like that's a scary moment for parents. And so um, when your kids were in those, those years past the initial, you know, iPod with Johnny Cash on it and started <laughs> listening to, uh, you know, some of their music, what was some of the things, how did, how did you engage in that with them to, as a, as a dad? Yeah. So I would, I would ask them what they're, what they're listening to. And a lot of times, I mean, I, I think our advice as parents early on was keep the dialogue open. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like obviously boundaries and bedtimes and you get, you got to eat a veggie once a month, right? All, all, all that stuff. Um, like you're still the parent, but, but we've always sought to, to keep the dialogue open to, to, to pull them out, to be a safe person. So for our kids, I mean, it was a little easier with, with my son with sports and stuff because we were together a lot for that. But for my daughter, it was a lot of us grabbing, uh, grabbing a frappuccino and just, yeah. just hanging out and just like, just me with with loving curiosity. Like, tell me about your world. Yeah. And you know, what are you into? And what are you looking at? And what what are you listening to? And um and just trying to be as straight face as I could. Yeah. And and just just I just kind of pull it out and pull out why, mm. why those things were so attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember a few years ago when Billie Eilish kind of hit the, hit the popularity yeah. and um, she had some songs out there that would probably be seen by most people as dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what she was communicating and and all of that. And I remember some of the conversation that you and I had, and um, you weren't very aware of Billie Eilish at the time, but you went home and talked um, to your daughter about it. Yeah, and she had been listening, right? Yeah, to and. Um, do you remember some of that conversation? Oh, yeah. I, so maybe just share with people, because I thought that the way that you handled that with your daughter was really insightful, um, you know, uh, in terms of how we can deal with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. So so that that situation was was uh, pretty interesting because because like we we actually sat like our, our pastors, uh, mm-hmm. somebody uh, brought up a uh, Billie Eilish. A yeah. lot of us hadn't seen the video. Yeah. And we watched it together. Matter of fact, the, the a song is a death of a friend, I think it was. Yeah, I had I had, I had heard about it. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of making its way through our youth. And um, so I sat down to listen to it. And when I yeah, that song is a scary song. Oh, my gosh. And and the 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 video is like like pretty pretty it's like i this is this isn't just like like fake yeah satanic stuff it's like there there's something spiritually that as i watched it like something inside of me was like convulsing like yeah. there's something here so yeah so i i went home and asked my kids and i i for uh, that one i i uh, put my dad card on the on the the table and just said you know, I, I'd really like you guys to to not listen to this person. Just just be, you know, which I I've rarely I've rarely done. Yeah. Does it make sense? Because um, because I I really want to understand what the attraction is, yeah. uh, whether it's their insecurity, or they're able to identify with a 
a group of people that that make them feel strong and powerful. Does it yeah. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think it is um, uh, in Billie Eilish's music that's speaking to the youth culture today? Yeah, I mean, I think I think, I mean, and and her 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 product has changed a lot, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. A lot of her early songs, like "A Death of a Friend," and there was a song before that where she's she's crying and and they're black. Her, her tears are black. Right. And it was just like, it was super, like, like I, I didn't know artistically what the point was, but it was pretty dark. And now a lot of her music with uh, Phineas, her brother, it's yeah. it's almost jazz. Right. I mean, it's like, it's super artistic. And I mean, she's kind, kind of, of like, like a neo-jazz. It like is. A, yeah, yeah. It's, it's taking some of the jazz music of yesteryear. But, yeah. You know, and, and putting it in kind of a modern context. But I think, uh, but I think part of the attraction to Billie Eilish is is beyond her music is mm -hmm. is her persona like like she 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 comes on stage with with bulky clothes that that don't show her body yeah. and she she dresses how she's comfortable and she's so it's kind of like a a modern feminism of just like i uh, this is who i am yeah and i'm i'm comfortable like this and i i don't need to be a product to be a product does mm -hmm. it make sense absolutely so I think a big part of the attraction is that, and she's, she's, uh, she's kind of kind of forming her own her own path. It appears of her creativity, where her and her her brother have a lot of of leeway yeah. to be the kind of artist that they really want to be. Yeah. Well, when you hit it big at seventeen, you know. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> you nice. made your money. Now you can do what you want, right? <laughs> um, in that, I think that you know, as I've kind of watched you through the years, some of my takeaways that I've that I've tried to really like emulate in my own parenting is, you know, when I hear my kids listening to a song um, that they love or, uh, you know, that they're listening to over and over, like Lucid Dreams, um, is to have the conversation with them of, of what is the, why does it, why do you like this song? Yeah, it's killer. You know, what is it, what is it that you, re what resonates with the song? Like, yes. what, what's in you resonating with this? And, um, and to really try to understand the worldview in which they're, um, which they're identifying with. Yeah. Um, because as a parent, then that opens the door for me to, to parent them well. Yes. You know, to, uh, go down the road of, um, with lucid dreams. Right. And, and the, how it's all about a breakup. What is it about the song that, that resonates with you? And that's going to give insight into my son's soul, um, of how I can parent him. And, and even as a Christian dad, disciple him. Yeah, absolutely and in uh, kids and i think a lot of adults don't don't realize how how influence works right yeah. like how how uh, you can watch something and you can listen to something and you can become sensitized or desensitized really easily right yeah. i mean like i like in a high school for me like i i got a pink floyd the wall from from my older brother and i started listening to it and and it's beautiful great guitars and stuff but I was unaware of the fact that, like, I mean, as high energy as I am, like, yeah. if I listen to the album, I'll I'll do it as a as to, to show you. It's kind of <laughs> funny, but I become like really mellow, and I I kind of go in this like this like before emo stage, yeah. And but the music influences me like that. It's old guy emo. Oh yeah, yeah, it, 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 it is. OG just, emo. Just just sit, uh, sitting in a dark room with a couple cats. Yeah. That's funny. You know, but 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 people don't people don't I think realize how how uh, you might listen to something for a specific reason and yeah. it and it influences your personality, your value system. Yeah. 
uh, all those things kind of come along with it. Yeah. I think a second thing that I've learned from you, and you said it a little bit earlier, was, um, you know, uh, ask the questions with a straight face. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like, don't be so quick, because I think our kids, like, like, they see our reaction to it of whether or not we approve or not, you know? And in that moment, like, me asking my son or my daughter why they're listening to a song um, or what they're listening to, and then the facial features that I make without actually having listened to the song, yeah. like, is casting judgment even before I hear it. And that just speaks volumes um, to kids. And it may be a good song, it may be a bad song, but at that point, if you don't know it... yeah. Um, then, uh, you know, uh, to engage as partially as you can, I think is, is a wise thing that you've done. And then I would say the third thing, um, my takeaway just from watching you has been really to like play the dad card loosely, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and there's been a couple of times, uh, with my oldest son now who we've, we've just had to say, Hey, look, like that's not wholesome. Yeah. You know, um, and we want to give you the leeway, but with that, with that freedom really comes, uh, or with that trust come and freedom uh, comes a responsibility that you have to navigate. And mm-hmm. right now, I, I don't know that you're navigating the freedom we're giving you well, so I have to take back some of that freedom till I can trust you um, with some of the decisions that you're making. And so, but to, but to always have that conversation, um, when we do, it's always in the context, uh, freedom in our house is always in the context of uh, freedom, responsibility, and love. And it's these dials that we're constantly moving and having this open conversation with our kids about where they're at on the dial. And so when we have to play dad card, it's in the context of we're withdrawing some of this freedom until you show that you're more responsible in that. But to really play play those cards strategically, because if I'm always pulling back responsibility, particularly as he's, you know, 14 heading to 15, yeah, uh, there's, um, you know, at some point he has to stretch his wings and that's a hard thing for a parent. Absolutely. And and you you as as uh, they get they get older, you're uh, you're going to wade into some some aspects of culture that that is relevant to them. Yep. That I mean, I like as a, a youth pastor, I I remember uh, parents who were, who were all in an uproar because their their middle age, their uh, middle school kids at, at the time uh, wanted to watch uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> right. And they were like, "No, not in our house." And I was like, "There's bigger battles." Yep. yep. Like and you know, and and sure enough, in the uh, years to come, like they lost influence, and they lost that connection. I mean, those that the that idea of those dials is yeah. so good because it's like we want to give you this freedom, yeah, um, um, and uh, but it's a launching process. I mean, even even with our kids today, I mean, they're they're uh, both going to be in college this year, so I'll I'll be empty nester. I'll. Yeah. I'll wear pants only a couple days a week. <laughs> It'll be great. I love um, your naked room. <laughs> I will. <laughs> that failure to launch. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. <laughs> I've joked about that. The kids don't think it's very funny. I think I it's will. hilarious. But but like but like even um even even w- like our our conversation with our kids at at this stage is you're not independent yet. Yeah. You're you're actually you're literally leaving the nest. But until you're off the payroll. <laughs> Like you're, you're, you're not actually independent. Like we're still paying bills and stuff. So we're, all of our conversations are about you're on a trajectory toward independence. Yes. So I still have those knobs in front of me, so to speak. Does it make sense? Because, because even if you're not under, under the roof, uh, I, I still want to do everything in our power to launch you well. And, and our, our goal is to launch you. 
Yeah, and, and to celebrate you in that. Yeah, we want to give you ultimate freedom as parents. Yes. In music, in life, whatever. Yeah. I mean, this is just a conversation I had today with my son. Um, you know, it's summertime, and so he's, like I said, he's 14, and um, giving him a little more leeway in terms of when he goes to bed and, you know, all that. And so uh, through the summer, we've been pretty loose. Well, he has to get his butt out of bed at 6 a.m. <laughs> to make it to swimming. And uh, today was a hard day. And so we had to have the dial conversation and going, hey, look, man, uh, you really love the freedom that you're getting and choosing when to go to bed at night. That also comes with the responsibility of you getting to swim practice in the morning. And if you can't, then I need to turn back the freedom dial until you can show me that you're responsible enough so good. Uh, to do this. And so, yeah, that's been a huge application. Uh, in our lives when it comes to parenting. So, um, yeah, I think uh, hopefully this has been helpful uh, for people listening today and just how to handle music in terms of parenting with your kids. And if you do have any questions, uh, we'd love to answer them. Um, I don't know what to give, Aiden. <laughs> oh, I know what it is. This is a cut part for Aiden. Uh, so hopefully this uh, podcast has been helpful for you today in your parenting, particularly when it comes to music with kids. Um, if you have any questions about this, we would love to be able to provide some resource and answer. You can simply uh, email info, I-N-F-O, at crossroadsabc.com. Just put in the subject line, uh, podcast. And if you have any questions along these lines, uh, we would love to hear of them, get back to them. It could be a future podcast, uh, you know, sometime down the road. Right so on. anyways, it's been fun. Thanks, yes. James. And uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this. We'll catch you next time. 